Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, hello, hello. You're back listening to the usual Saturday show on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. as of course, Saturday Draft Live. Boom. And it's <laughs> me, Jack Graham, hosting the show once again. Find us on Twitter, Suplex Retweet. Our Facebook page, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Got the community page. Get in there. We talk about different shows. You'll see if you're on the page recently. We've been talking about the Mount Ru- Mount Rushmore of NXT. So get involved with that conversation. Who would be your Mount Rushmore of NXT? It'd be very interesting here because we've got a feature show and that coming soon. So definitely, definitely check that out when it hits the airwaves. Check out our Instagram Suplex Retweet. Got our website on the back catalog of all the old shows like Anyway Back to the Wrestling and uh, the Raw Report. Check out the YouTube channel. They've got quiz showdowns coming soon. They've got the second leg of Book It, which I think comes out tomorrow. I think tomorrow, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, just we're all over the place. So no reason not to check us out. You know, we've got all got handsomely smart voices. We're all very <laughs> intellectual in this podcast. So yeah, tune in, get a cup of tea, relax, and we'll talk about the draft. But of course, I'm here as always, joined by... Two-time winner, Scott McLeod. How are we doing? Thank you very much, Jack. I'm refraining from saying the word boom or baby or anything. with don't, Any don't, big word again with Because you'll make our, our other co-host cry. Uh, uh, uh. And it is our other two-time winner, David Hockney, baby! Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I'm not a two-time winner of the draft. Oh. <laughs> I touched a soft spot there, David. I'm sorry. Awkward, awkward. Now, he was, was going to be... But uh, I, I unfortunately stole that from one intentionally. I just can't help but being so smart. Well, there you go. It just shows yep. how much I pay attention. You lucked out because Jey Uso didn't show up, so that's what <laughs> happened. Sorry about that. Never I've, trust an Uso, Dave. Never trust an Uso. I've never trust an Uso. Yeah, that's what we agree on. I've unintentionally caused friction here within the Saturday Draft Live, boys. We carry on. We just time. agreed on something. There's no friction. We're, 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 we're cool. We're cool. Uh, we'll go on, we'll do what we usually do with the, uh, the top three of the week and uh, a surprise maybe to see this particular person in here, Dave, I'll come to you first, mm-hmm. a Raw superstar, don't think appeared on Raw, appeared in NXT last week to say that he might become the NXT title, but Satan Strack's captain appeared seven times on SmackDown mm-hmm. last night getting them 14 points, solidifying that top three position. That's a bit interesting, I think. Yeah, tell me about it. Like, it, it's, it reminds me of Zelina Vega in season four, the one that was uh, Mania to SummerSlam, where she, I think she was the highest scoring newcomer, and a lot of that was based on appearances alone. But she wasn't anybody's captain either, so she could have scored up to about 100 points or so. And I think the same thing's starting to happen again, with Edge, because on SmackDown, he obviously had interaction with uh, just about everybody who's competing in the Elimination Chamber. But it just goes to show how important the captaincy is on somebody who makes just as many appearances as they do matches. Because this, uh, for Sarah and Strack, because I think it's actually brought them back into contention after they've been trailing a bit for the first couple of weeks. Because not only is Edge in the top three this week with 14 points, he now has 16 points overall, 
which puts him in fourth place in the top 10 scorers this season so far. So it's a big a big gain for Sarah and Strack. Mm-hmm. I know, especially with like, obviously Ed isn't scheduled to wrestle at Elimination Chamber, but it's, it's I, won't, I won't say it's a guarantee, but there's a very high chance that he will be watching such Elimination Chamber matches and what will happen after the Chamber matches and maybe be on screen in some way. So there's potential for more points there. So it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm only hesitant to say it's an interesting pick rather than a very good pick because, as, as, as I just said, like Monday and Wednesday, there's a no-show and it's something that's you thought maybe it would just be appearing every so often. So it's, um, I, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens with Edge. I'll, I'll say that. I don't want mm. to put all my eggs in one basket and say it's absolutely amazing just yet, but we'll, mm. we'll it's see what happens. It's a long-term investment for Edge because, you know, he might appear sporadically here and there, but the big goal is he'll, he'll be guaranteed to appear at WrestleMania and that's where the big points will be. So it's, uh, it can be a bit of a mixed bag going for that long-term bet, but it can pay, it can pay off in the short term if booked correctly. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll move on to someone that has, in my, in my opinion, I'll say the word again, an interesting situation at Elimination Chamber, Scott. Drew McIntyre, the captain for Grant and Gary, 17 points. Obviously, a very good showing out in Raw. They've got Elimination Chamber, but there is that kind of fear that Sheamus could walk out as a champ. That, this is what I've kind of caught in my head. It's something that I've, I've said in group chats, I've said in shows before, that I think that Sheamus could be a champion going into Mania so that Drew can win it then. But would Drew losing... The, the, the title here have much of an impact on their chances of winning the season plus obviously he can get elimination points during this match as well it's a bit it's, it's an interesting one as well yeah I think by the end of the season Seamus might end up being one of the highest like undrafted players uh, given if he like stays in the, the WWE title picture and gets a couple eliminations at the chamber but with Drew I don't see him losing the tail so close to any and if he did lose it it would only be to regain it at WrestleMania. And Sheamus, everybody in the chamber, seems like the biggest threat because it really should be just Sheamus versus Drew at the chamber and not like him, having him in a chamber match. Because I, mean, I have no idea what the hell Drew's doing at WrestleMania from the rumours I've heard, neither to WWE right now. <laughs> so, like, I think Drew is a favourite to retain the title at the Mission Chamber. We'll talk a little more about that because uh, we've got a preview show for the Chamber coming up later today. But... Like Drew, I think we'll be right at the top of this top three next this time next week. Hopefully, we'll have a better picture of where he's going because Edge, I think it's looking like, especially how SmackDown ended, is going to appear and be appearing exclusively on SmackDown. It's like it's probably going to be him versus Reigns. Maybe even see Edge appear after Roman's uh, fought whoever he's whoever wins SmackDown Chamber, and then that's where they'll officially do the big stare down, set up point design, perhaps, and like set up that match, but. I think Edge is paying dividends in terms of appearance points, whether or not it'll pay off as an actual win at WrestleMania is still too early to tell. But Drew, I think, is still a long-term bet. Uh, he's, just, he's obviously the strongest player, I think, so far for Gary and Grant. Yeah, obviously, they they, 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 they pulled the, the, the blinder on everyone, taking Heyman and uh, Reigns attack team. So there is, obviously, it makes, it makes potential for Drew to be the top. Uh, top of the top 10 of the wrestlers this season points wise but Dave 
Number one of the mm-hmm. top ten of this season and number one this week with 27 points. It's myself and Ross's captain after a successful attention at takeover, Finn Balor. 27 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, big gain for Finn Balor. You know, Finn Balor, he's been a bit of a sort of mid-scoring con- competitor in previous seasons, but obviously with a takeover in this season and, you know, Balor getting a lot of big wins lately, I think it was a a very smart choice to put the captaincy on Balor because I think we were all under the impression that Balor was going to defeat Pete Dunne, but what we didn't expect was how good a match it was going to be. And now he's obviously embroiled with this uh, disputed era storyline, shall we say, uh, you know, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, etc. So I imagine he's going to be featured a lot more uh, going forward. So I, I think, uh, Jack, you and Ross could potentially run away with this if Finn Balor gets featured regularly and if he competes regularly at the same time, especially if you keep the captaincy on him. So this could be the season where Finn Balor actually finishes as a really big scorer because at the moment he has 31 points in the top 10, which makes him the highest scorer thus far. But I imagine he's going to get overtook at some point, maybe between some... Obviously, the Chambers this Sunday, Drew might overtake him by that point. Uh, Maybe Kenny Omega might overtake him after AEW Revolution, but... That's not to say, you know, Finn Balor, I think it's going to be a very big scorer this season. And I think you guys are in a, a good position with him. I think, uh, Scott, well, with, uh, with Balor, as like Dave said before, that uh, it's been a bit of a meh pick. He's not really gained a lot of points. But the the, the thinking behind the, the pick here was that there is that potential for a Mania match. Where that happens, we don't know. But it's certainly a strong start for Finn Balor compared to other seasons than now. Yeah, it was, it was stronger here than... Uh, I think it was Ryan. I think it was last season or the season before picked him because he, you know, he got he picked up that jaw injury midway through the season and also wasn't appearing or wrestling as much, which obviously you can't like foresee when you pick somebody that they're going to get injured. Uh, I think the big thing that helped you with Balor, not just because he's yeah, your captain, but he's one of the only people this week that wrestled at Takeover and wrestled on NXT TV and won on both of them as well. So no, he lost. Cap- he yeah. lost to. Uh, Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn pinned them on NXT. Yeah. Even then he wrestled on both, he's still the captain saying he's still, you know, that was still got the top uh, top player of the, of the week so far. He's still the top scoring late pick and also he's found the top male uh, performer overall the uh, the season. And what I'm wondering is he's your captain now, but how at this stage are you guys confident on keeping him as your captain? Because I actually think that this, this rumoured Mania match the empty tail could be him versus Adam Cole. And I'm actually not confident that Balor would actually retain that. I don't know what you and Ross feel about that. Um, we've, the, our, 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 I'll happily tell us, tell you our plans. Our plan was that we were going to keep the captaincy on, Bal- on Balor until Rhea Ripley shows up. Also, that's not happened yet. We need to wait and see when she actually does. We might need to reevaluate some things with some of our our picks, but we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens. But that's that's the plan right now. Hopefully, Rhea shows up after uh, Chamber in some way. Hopefully, on Raw. Uh, but I will just just need to wait and see. But we'll we'll move on to the the top six, not the top ten, the top six because we're all tags now. Uh, number mm-hmm. six, Sarah and Strack on thirty five points. Uh, was it the the oh, I can't I can't even mind the team name. What was it called? Savage. Savage bath bomb. Savage bath bomb. I was about to call it the Strack bath bomb, but I don't think that's it's, it's, it's not Strack's bath bomb. <laughs> I don't think a Strack ever even 
add a, a bastard, a basketball meta, I, I don't even want to. No, shut For a second, I thought you were going to ask if Strack ever had a bath. I'm like, that's a bit rude. <laughs> yeah, it sounded. It sounded uh, never mind, I'll just stop talking. It's just gone it's completely <laughs> derailed here. Yes, yeah, so we'll move on from baths and we'll go to Grant and Gary's men in our mission. They are currently in 43 points. Uh, we have the goat tones of David Campbell and Ryan Gallagher on 45. Uh, the priesthood and your team of the Shaw Bank Redemption, so Jack and Ross and David Hockney and Robert Shaw, the winner of last season's Listener League, are tied in 46 points. Mm-hmm. Then a bit of a 12-point gap between ourselves and the two-man power trip of Scott and Stephen on 58. And uh, before before we get on to the Listener's League, I will talk ask a question to Scott. Obviously, we were, uh, David Campbell brought it up in the chat. Last week we spoke about the potential of the Big E. Big E said he's wanting to do this open challenge again. Everyone was a bit like, oh, fuck. It's going to be good captaincy points each week if he's going to retain, retain, retain. But he got some steps dropped in his head at the end of, of SmackDown last night from Paul <laughs> Cruz. And he's been stretched off. Obviously a bit of kayfabe. Well, it's even, less, even just hypothesised with story purposes, Scott, he's off TV for like two or three weeks. Are you Are you worried about this as your captain right now? Uh, I'm not worried. Uh, I know what David Campbell is saying. He, he wants to seem like he's concerned about our team, but really he's trying to stir the pot here. You know, he's in fourth position, you know, and, and says that that's the right position for them to be in because even if he was in last, it's always part of this plan that he's somehow got uh, all every season. But I'm not really worried. I think it's more storyline for him. I don't know if he'll be out like for a couple of weeks. He might come back next week, but even if He's not going to be appearing, and if he, when he comes back, he does lose to Apollo. I think me and Steve are going to keep an eye on this situation. We've got plenty of very valuable picks, I think, on our team. Uh, with the exception of Kishida, I don't think we put the captaincy on him, but I think we could easily put the captaincy on Charlotte, MSK, or even Darby Allen. You know, I think he and Singer are really like guaranteed to win at Revolution. You know, it looks like things going to get a lot more physical than we thought, given what happened on Dynamite. I think it's still very interesting. I was surprised that me and Stephen maintain our position. I think getting uh, MSK and Raquel to win at uh, the Dusty Classic matches, but obviously we, we missed out on some valuable championship points with uh, Kushida losing, but we, we managed to maintain the lead mainly with our captain just appearing this week, and most of our NXT picks just having appearance points, but we know that we can't obviously hold on to this team all the way for long, because Charlotte is our really only hope to uh, get points at La Mission Chamber if she by any chance replaces Lacey Evans if that match is even going to happen with a new partner with a new opponent for Asuka if they're just not going to do it at all but you know you never actually know what's going to happen but we're not concerned at this stage yet but I do agree with what Dave said about Soundtrack being still being contention because you know you 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 guys teams are on 46 their team's on 35 there's this like with like 11 points between last place and like second place and then obviously there's the 12 points there so it's still actually all to play for so it means Stephen actually don't have that much of a, a lead to hand everybody else because everybody else is still within a really close gap. And I think that will widen uh, after Olivia's Chamber potentially for uh, Gary and Grant being the most beneficial. Oh, yes, but we'll, we'll hang fire in Elimination Chamber for just one moment because it's time to go to Dave Hawkney's Listener's League Corner. Yes. Dave, it's time. We a wee bit of a shake-up this time around of how you're going to be doing the Listener's League this season. Carry, mm-hmm. carry away, my friend. Yes, so we're going to focus on the top five primarily, but... 
surprise, surprise, I'm actually going to look at the bottom three because uh, as well, you know, this would be like our, uh, if this was a, a Premier League, we'd be, this would be our relegation zone. So we'll look at the folks who aren't doing too well as, at the minute. So at the moment, Johnny Napier still at the bottom with only 20 points. Uh, Rick Steiner's Mauser is his team name. And yeah, he was at the bottom last week. He's still at the bottom now. He's not off to the best of starts and he's all the way down in 24th place. Just above him, uh, Ross Brady with Milk Lemonade Sexual Chocolate on 29 points. And then third from the bottom is Matthew Wilkinson and the B-plus players on 32 points. And But what's also surprised me here is that a competitor from last season's Listener's League, Colin Blackburn, Koshi's Warriors, he's sitting way down at the bottom on 34 as well, which makes it even more interesting as to who the top five are this week. So uh, if we now jump to our top five, uh, in fifth place for this week, JP has broken the top five with you can't sleep with the light on, but you can't sleep with a hard on with 56 points. Uh, honestly, I think still that's one of the best team names I've got. Um, so yeah, he has Bianca Belair as his team captain. He's got Big E, AJ Styles, Io Shirai, Tony Storm. Both like, Io Shirai obviously retaining the NXT women's title at TakeOver was a big gain for him, but I think he also may have lost some points uh, with Tony Storm as his other, uh, as his third female pick. So it, He's doing okay, but he's obviously had a big benefit from TakeOver. Then we have, in fourth place, Thomas Fraser with Here Comes the Money uh, and Alan Laurie with Peace and Jam, both on 58 points. So they're in joint third, I should say. And yeah, I think, well, I would say Alan, you know, he's uh, he was a previous competitor from last season. He's sitting firm in third place. I think that's going to be his his mantra going forward. Drew McIntyre is team captain. He had an outstanding performance in the Gauntlet match, you know, racking up the wins he'd in there. What I think might let him down, though, Bobby Lashley is currently the lowest scorer on Monday Night Raw, and he's yet to get the ball rolling. But I think he might have played a blinder with having Sonya Deville as his last pick, given that she's making just as many appearances as Adam Pearce, who, is, as we've seen in the goat tones, have not stopped going on about, can be just as valuable. So I think Alan's doing well, you know, given his uh, mix of wins and appearances here. As for Thomas's team, uh, he also has Bianca Belair, much like JP as his team captain. He also has Kenny Omega... Uh, and he also has Darby Allen, so quite a fair bit of AEW representation there with both of them set to compete at AEW Revolution. Uh, but he also has Io Shirai in his team, as we mentioned, you know, big points from TakeOver, so that's what's keeping him in the mix as well within the top five. Second place, he was first place last week, but he's now dropped to second. On 60 points, it's Tom Brock with the Vehiselgracht Vanguards. Uh, I'm so good at that. Now, his team is pretty much identical to Thomas Fraser, except his tag team is MSK, who, as we know, won the Dusty Cup, and they've got a tag title match coming this Wednesday. Uh, and instead of Thomas Fraser as Daniel Bryan as his third-round pick, but Tom Brock has Damian Priest. So it's very, very similar teams uh, going forward. But I think Tom now has the edge, obviously, with MSK getting a tag title match, and Damian Priest is getting featured regularly on Raw. So it's... Uh, Still, a, still a bit of a, a bit of a contest there, but I think Tom has the edge going in the coming weeks. But uh, leading the top of the table now is, a, is also a competitor from last season, Ryan Dalgleish, with the People's Representatives, just ahead of Tom on sixty-two points. Now, I think I'd put this down to having Naya and Shayna as his tag team, Drew McIntyre as his team captain, and as we mentioned, Finn Balor was the big scorer from Takeover this week, and he was his he was his round two pick. This is what's keeping Ryan uh, at the top of the table right now. He also has Daniel Bryan, Bailey, and Sonya Deville. Now, I'm not too sure about Bailey. I think she's been put on the back burner a bit ahead of some of the other female talent. But Daniel Bryan, obviously, is going to be in the elimination chamber this, this week. He could win it. He could get some eliminations. Uh, and that might help Ryan, you know, maintain his lead going forward. So it's 
there's only six points separating fifth place from first place. I think the Listeners League is going to be a lot more competitive this year, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So back to you, Jack. Yes, yes. Thank you. It's, uh, I think arguably this, this is probably the season that the Listeners League would want to win because obviously our next season at the transfer window and the length that goes, a lot more involvement. So it's getting like it's certainly getting very competitive, but it's time to talk Elimination Chamber. It's time to talk about how this will impact the draft. Yes. I wanted to just say, I want to also comment on Ryan. I was actually very surprised to see he was uh, in position he was, given that, not to sound like I'm uh, being critical, but I'm just pointing out that he was very much kind of the person occupying last place for much of last year. Last season's uh, listeners' league, but I think you look at how strong his team is. I think yeah, Nye and Shana, I know, uh, it paid off for Ryan and David this week. You know, they appeared on all three three brands. They appeared on NXT to confront Raquel and, and Dakota, and they were also guests on uh, Ding Dong Hello this week on SmackDown. So, so that's an extra point appearance-wise for Bailey. You had Daniel Bryan on the winning side of a six-man tag, uh, uh, featuring the competitors from the from the Elimination Chamber, so Ryan's definitely picked a stronger team this time around. Actually, looking at that team, I wondered about uh, to try it into the Elimination Chamber. I want to ask about Daniel Bryan, because I believe uh, David Campbell and uh, Ryan Gallagher, the Goat Tones, have Daniel Bryan. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I was wondering about Daniel Bryan, about what the chance, what he'll actually get for them points-wise if he does win the Chamber, because you got to think, whoever wins the Chamber physically, they'll put up a good fight against Rome, but they won't have enough to actually defeat Roman so you got to think with Brian you know they, they have to hope that he gets at least a few eliminations in the chamber so that they don't then lose uh, that many points when Daniel Bryan loses in a championship match on Bayview because that does incur quite a few uh, lost points that so you got to wonder how much points wise will Brian gain for them because he can win the chamber but then lose a championship match the same night those points could cancel each other out if he doesn't get like that many eliminations Aye, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting one. But I'll, I'll go back. I'll, I'll break down the 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 card for how this might impact the draft. So the women's tag titles are going on. It's Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, who mm-hmm. are currently the Goat Tones captains, going up against Sasha Banks, who also finds herself in the Goat Tones, and Bianca Belair of the Shaw Bank Redemption. Dave, mm-hmm. we had a bit of a interesting conversation before uh, we started recording the call here you you I don't I don't know if maybe it's because you've got the draft in mind do you think a, you think a title change may occur here I think it might like uh, not to say like obviously I'm being a little bit biased because Bianca's uh, in me and Robert's team here but I think now that this is on paper I can actually see this being a lot more interesting given the build to Wrestlemania because rumours are it's going to be Sasha versus Bianca at Wrestlemania why not have them you know have a bit of a, a team run and then by the time Mania comes around you know we could do a Sasha heel turn and then that gives us a face fee heel dynamic going into Mania because I think that's what if you think about AJ versus Nakamura at Mania 34, that was sold on the fact that it was a dream match, but the face-to-face dynamic just wasn't working. So I think a tag team run followed by a heel turn, maybe Nia and Shayna could retain it down the line, become three-time women's tag champions, and then you've got a, a good face-to-heel program with Sasha and Bianca going into WrestleMania. And But it also makes things interesting for, for future booking because Dakota, Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez mm-hmm. have got their match coming this Wednesday. That would make sense to have a face-to-heel team as well. 
And then you've also got Lana and Naomi, who are almost forgotten about. Apparently, they're in line for a, a tag title match as well. So it's it's all guns blazing with uh, who could potentially be the women's tag team champions in the coming weeks. I think this could be very very interesting if it's done if it's done properly. Yeah, tell for my two cents on this. I actually wasn't aware that this match had been made, and from looking at the card, I can see that at the moment Asuka is not no longer advertised seemingly. So maybe this is a kind of replacement for the Asuka Lacey match that was advertised, rather than just giving Asuka a new opponent. But I'm I'm quite interested to see what happens here because yeah, you've got Bianca on your team, Dave. Also, you've got one you've you've got one member of the Goat Tones taking on the Goat Tones Captain in a championship match. Again, how is this going to interact them with one member of the team beating another member of the team? How is that going to interact with the points? The Goat Tones would rather have Nia and Shayna retain because obviously they're their captains, but it means they will have to take another hit with Sasha Banks losing a title match. But it's it's a bigger gain, you know, than having Sasha win and having their captains lose a title on pay-per-view, which, as we've seen, can be very, very damaging in terms of points. Yeah, I'm just wondering because also Sasha does bring a championship kind of advantage as well, though being SmackDown Women's Champion, that usually is very valuable as well. Uh, it's quite interesting. Like it's weird how it's suddenly interesting. The WWE Women's titles have suddenly been when we always usually talk about is how poorly booked they are. And now you've got these two teams. You've got Raquel and uh, Dakota waiting in the wings, and Naomi and Lana, as you said. I'm quite interested because my gut would tell me that maybe the champs would retain. Because I thought they were going to lose to anybody. It would be to the winners of the of the, the Dusty Cup. Even though I'm I'm more confident in MSK getting this winning their tag title opportunity than I am with Raquel in that. Although, could they see some dissension here? Have maybe Sasha and Bianca win here? Either choose throw dissension here, have them lose, or have them win the titles. Have both of them returned to NXT, both being NXT alumni. Uh, Sasha Banks has brought up a lot on the uh, the NXT Mount Rushmore show uh, that you'll hear very soon. But And then maybe with Dakota and being the heel team beating them that then furthered the tension and that leaves you thinking oh it's mad what will the ramifications be of Sasha and Bianca not being able to get along here it's an interesting one there's a lot of different dynamics I won't lie Dave I hope Nia and Shayna retain because I absolutely hate Oi. the idea of uh, like that's been done many a times before of having a women's champion also being this, the women's tag champion I think it just diminishes it a bit I don't care for storyline telling in that regard. I just want the champions to be different, and that's it. That's that's the only reason why I want that to be different. So I'm sorry, I, Dave. But it, it I, think, be I, think it's, it I think it's a given. I think it's a given that you know maybe a, a singles a singles women's champion is most likely to hold the tag titles, given that you know the women's division isn't as as stacked as the men's division. So it's a bit. It, it, I think it might be a more bit more common, you know, as we've seen before. But I think in terms of storyline purposes, I think Sasha and Bianca would be a very interesting booking if they go ahead and win this. Mm-hmm. I think it also wouldn't be the, the first time they've done like WrestleMania opponents winning the tag titles together. You know, jo- uh, Shawn Michaels and John Cena being one of the uh, prime examples. Hi, it's, it's, it's just personal, personal preference. I don't like it. I like that they've, kinda, they've started doing like some sort of women's tag division building as of recent. And uh, it's, I, I, I just don't like, I don't like this match. Sorry, it's not. It's not for me. It's. It's not. I'm sure it's gonna be a great match, but just I. I, I don't. I just. I don't like it. And I. I hope Nia and Shayna win 
I'm sorry, Dave, but you've got another match that you could win here with Matt Riddle mm-hmm. and your team going up against Keith Lee, who is on Grant and Gary's team, and the United States champion Bobby Lashley, who is also on Grant and Gary's team <laughs> for the US uh, title. So yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to this one as well. So that's two of my team members in title matches this week, and again, not to be biased or anything, but. I think there is a chance that Riddle could win this because I don't know if this is true or not, but I've seen reports that and rumours that Keith Lee was MIA for Raw this week due to undisclosed reasons, and there's every chance he could miss the chamber as well. But assuming the triple threat does go ahead, uh, I think the Hurt Business needs a bit of a, a rejuvenation, and I think a loss would help them sort of press the reset button on it. And I think Riddle's been... He's been gunning for that US title for quite some time now. I think this could be the chance where he finally pulls it off. Mm. Yeah, so looking at it, if KP does show up, it does mean Grant and Gary, to quote Scott there, do have a 66 and two-thirds percent chance of, uh, of getting <laughs> points here. But again, it's another example of, with all this, you know, that seems to be happening, that people keep having their own team members going up against each other in big high-profile matches, which is interesting. And it would be a big advantage for you to finally have Matt Riddle finally win the US title. Because uh, some people, namely uh, David Campbell, weren't uh, too sure about Matt Rowe as a third round pick. They thought that was maybe a bit too high. Do you think him winning the US title here would help justify that position here? And if he loses here, do you see him winning it later in the season? Or do you think that may be him done points-wise for the season? See, that was me and Robert's thinking. You know, we went into this thing, Matt Riddle could potentially win the United States title between now and WrestleMania. And I imagine he's going to be featured just as much because... You know, rumours backstage are Vince is very, feeling very positive about him. And, you know, he picked up win on Raw this week with Lucha House Party as well. So it's, he can, he gets regular wins, he gets regular appearances, and he'll just get even more if he wins the US title. And if he's still embroiled with that storyline with the Hurt Business, he's only going to get more exposure. So that was our thinking behind it. Mm. I'm just interested here because I think it seems like they build into it like for ages, but like, how often have we seen a guy chase a tail, but then he, no matter how many opportunities, he just doesn't win it. Like, look, at, look at poor Umberto Carrillo. Had like 40 chances between late 2019 and early 2020. Never won the bathroom thing. I but fucking bear Carrillo. He shouldn't be in that position in the first place. <laughs> it was just the fact that in the middle of his feed with uh, Andrade, he had to be written out because he was suspended. And even then, they wouldn't put the US belt on him even for, for 30 days to have him lose it back when Andrade came back from his suspension. That's how little they think of Umberto. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think that this that the chamber matches. I'm going to speak about the chamber matches first. I'm going to speak about the raw chamber match first. Obviously, it's Drew McIntyre, uh, Grant and Gary's captain. It features AJ Styles, who finds himself in Sarah and Strax team. But I believe that the rest of the competitors, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston, have not been drafted mm-hmm. in this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is this right. short sightedness? Like some, I'll, 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 I'll say the other chamber match as well because it's about the same thing. So obviously it's Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. And I believe it's only Daniel Bryan that's been drafted out of everyone for that as well. That's right. So mm-hmm. a question that I'll pose to you both is that is this short sightedness by everyone not actually thinking about the chamber, or is it because we didn't know? the participants that would be in it in the first place I think I think it's partly due you didn't know who it was going to be but I think when, you, when they do get revealed it becomes obvious 
who is probably going to go through. Like, I think you and Ross, like, even though Nakamura got a win last night, it was still, you should, you still should have probably chose Cesaro. 100%. I think, Cesaro, I think it's going to come down to Cesaro and Daniel Bryan's the last two. Cesaro might get a couple of nominations. And they've been teasing this thing with him and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, so a long-term thing that could be good for him. So I think, I think you guys should have chosen him. But I think with everybody else, I think everybody knew that Roman and Drew were going to be uh, the champions going into Mania, so I think they didn't want to choose anybody in the main roster because all the main roster picks weren't chosen because they didn't see them winning the title or being... We weren't really sure where they are going to be come WrestleMania because these two matches, especially the Raw one, has become quite predictable. Dave, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, see, my thinking about Elimination Chamber was we were going to get Drew versus Sheamus one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the WWE title to be defended in the Chamber match, so that's kind of what put me off uh, picking uh, some folks from the Raw Chamber. As for the SmackDown Chamber, I thought that was going to be the Chamber match for the Universal title, and I figured Roman was going to win anyway, so there'd be no point in choosing any of the challengers going forward. And I think the GOAT tones picking Daniel Bryan might actually have been quite clever, given that you know Bryan could get multiple eliminations and he could possibly be the favourite to win. But I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Cesaro possibly winning it and then getting a universal title match. It's sort of because it gives him more exposure and it puts him over a bit more when he should have done when he should have been done years ago. And but yeah, I have to agree with what Scott said, Jack. I think you and Ross made a bit of a faux pas when you uh, chose Nakamura over Cesaro because he's been getting a, a lot more exposure as of late. And if I just look at the the SmackDown scoring for a minute, Cesaro is actually the is joint second in terms of points, uh, with Daniel Bryan, both on 11 points. And the only person that's above them is Big E, who, as we've seen, you know, has been, you know, defending the Intercontinental title and as the captaincy, he's been getting a ton of points. So, whereas Nakamura only has four points. So, yeah, I think think you messed up on that round. Yeah, I think if Cesaro won, it would be good to see. I don't think he'll win the title either, but if he loses to Roman, that could then further this potential story with, uh, with Seth with Seth trying to take him under his wing, you know, part of the greater good to try and help him maybe accomplish the, like, championship, like, aspirations that he sh- we all think he should have had with, like, the Universal title on that. And looking at the, uh, the Raw Chamber again, me and Stephen did consider Brandy Orton as a last-round pick, but only if, like, Darby Allen wasn't available. I think even then, he probably, like, it we're probably safe not having Randy Orton because he's not going to win this team, he's probably going to continue staying with the Fiend. I don't see that going in his favour either. And we, the only other person I think would strongly consider uh, picking uh, other than Drew and that in the chamber for the Raw one would probably be Kofi. Even then, Kofi would more likely have been picked as part of the New Day as a tag team. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think, obviously, the one of the SmackDown uh, Elimination Chamber is going to face Roman Reigns in a separate match straight afterwards it's not going to be much of a point to get here, so I've not really spoke about it. Maybe just an appearance point that it might be for Reigns and Heyman because they'll be there at the same time with that. That's a bit, that's, that's a bit it for the Chamber. And that's that's kind of all she wrote for the episode, my friends. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. If I if I had to throw in my, my hat to someone gaining the most points this pay-per-view, I'm going to throw it behind the goat tones of Campbell and Ryan. I think that I think that they they have most to get shortly behind you, Dave. I think I think mm-hmm. that's that's how I'm going to go. But obviously, Grant and Gary are a bit of a 
I'm not going to say dark horse. They've got potential to get some uh, good points as well with Drew, but they do have the potential that both their members of their team will lose their championships in, uh, tomorrow night. So it's a yeah. it's an interesting one. So, but on and on the loss that, of Aska and uh, with the Aska match not taking place either, you know they've lost a the chance to gain more points from that. Yes, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun-filled night. And we'll break down how it's all went next week in Saturday Draft Live. Scott, thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Jack. It's always a pleasure. I should mention again, as I said earlier, our usual pay-per-view like uh, previews that we've been doing. We're having it uh, tonight on the same platform we usually do, Facebook, uh, our community page, YouTube. Uh, I believe at half six this evening, uh, 6.30pm UK time, uh, to preview everything that's happened in the Chamber and give like official predictions for what might happen. So if you enjoy this talking about the Chamber, then make sure you tune into that later on uh, tonight. And uh, Dave, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you, Jack, for being in the hosting chair again. I, as Dave said, have been Jack. See you all next week. <laughs>